Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Jim Pfeiffer. Thanks for being on the show, Jim. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Happy to be here. Jim is one of the founders of Left Field Investors, a group dedicated to educating and assisting like-minded investors negotiate the nuances of the passive investing landscape and world of syndications. Jim is a former financial advisor who became frustrated with the one-path-fits-all approach of the standard financial services industry. Jim now concentrates on investing in real estate assets that produce cash flow and is committed to sharing his knowledge with others who are interested in learning a different way to grow wealth. Jim, thank you again for your time. Uh, you know, I've known you for a while. I was grateful to, grateful to have you on the show. Get us started a little bit of your background. I know you had a financial advisory back Background, but then, you know, was that real estate or did you do any real estate then? What got you into real estate? Give us a little more context there. Yeah, thank you. So I started in real estate accidentally, but I'm kind of on career number four, I would say. I was in business for a while, I was a teacher for a while, I was a financial advisor for a while, and now I'm just an independent guy investing in passive syndications. But when I started, I call it an accidental landlord. You know, we sold a, or we bought a new house in 2008 and we couldn't sell our old one. So we rented it. And we did that for about five years. And I was the property manager and I did not like it. So I went to sell that house because I didn't like, you know, having to go over Christmas Eve to fix a toilet, which did happen. And my realtor said, Hey, why don't you let me manage it for you? And so I said, Okay. And so he did. And then he convinced me to buy two more properties. And I did. And I still own those properties and they're, and they're making money. That guy that got me into real estate. And so I was the guy with shiny object syndrome. I went and bought turnkey investments. I bought a 22-unit multifamily building. We did a flip. And I joke because that flip made us hundreds of dollars. If you know about flipping, you should make much more than that. So I was all over the place until I, you know, I kind of found syndications uh, when I was at a seminar because I thought I wanted to be a syndicator. I went to the seminar and I learned, no, no, I want to be the passive. I want to invest in other people's syndications. So I did. And I started out kind of um, investing my self-directed 401k in a bunch of different syndications that gave me a lot of lessons about what I don't want to do. And over the past two years, I've learned and I focused and now I know the kind of syndications I want to be in. And so now I'm, I'm kind of I'm much more focused and, and on, the, on the right path, I think. Nice. You know, it's it's just interesting to hear how people get to the syndication business for sure. You know, if you say syndication to somebody new about investing, I mean, it's like, you know, there's no clue what that is and puts up this big wall a lot of times. But, you know, you dove in there, you learned about syndication, learned you wanted to be uh, passive. Uh, and so, Jim, let's dive in a little bit. Of, you know, how do you help? Or let's first say, how did you navigate the waters of, of just learning syndication? You said you invested with your IRA first. You learned a lot of what not to do. What were some of those things. So now, you know, you, you've been more successful investing. Yeah, well, originally, I, you know, I don't want to get too technical, but I had, the, I had a self-directed IRA, which doesn't really make sense to, to invest in leveraged investments in an IRA because you'll pay the UBIT tax, which is a, a tax inside your IRA. 
so I, you know, when I first got it, I, I had a bunch of money in a rollover and I was super excited to get started. So basically everybody I met at this syndication seminar, I'm like, I'll invest in your deal. I'll invest in your deal. And I, and I wasn't really looking at the deals. I was just trying to get started. And while that's not the best strategy, I also think it's a good strategy sometimes to just take a chance, try something out and see if it works. So that's what I did. And the investments aren't horrible investments. They're just investments that aren't paying out like they should or on, on time that they should. And I'm fortunate because that's in my retirement account. So that they're playing out slower than I thought, eh, it doesn't really matter. But now I'm focused on real assets that produce net income for me. And that's what I'm living off of. So my strategy there, there has changed for sure. Okay. Well, you know, tell me though, are you still focused on, you know, using your IRA or are you more not too focused on using your IRA? Anything specifically that you could recommend about that process before we move on? Yeah. So I converted my IRA to uh, what, what uh, is, I guess, called an EQRP or a self-directed 401k. And that for some reason, the tax code, you're allowed to have leveraged investments in that, but you still lose out on depreciation and other advan- tax advantages of syndication. So right now in my self-directed qualified account, I'm only doing private lending or any kind of debt structures that I that don't have these tax advantages that you do have in, in the other non-qualified accounts. So let's hold off right there just for a minute. So like the EQRP, it's something that's kind of, it's maybe it's not new, I don't know, but it's new kind of to, to being known in the industry, I feel like to a lot of people or they, you hear that term, it's like, what in the world is that? What would you advise now to the investor listening that's saying, oh, wait a minute, Jim, I, I've thought about using an EQRP, but I just, I don't know if that's what I need to do or not. Yeah, I would say that if you have a rollover or 401k that, that you can put under your own control. I don't think it matters if you do a self-directed IRA or an EQRP, if you're just going to invest in, uh, or you're just going to do private lending or debt instruments, things like that, because that's what I think belongs in your retirement accounts rather than the syndications that give you all these tax benefits. So I would say it doesn't really matter which one you do, but you get, you get the money in your control. You can still invest it however you want in the market or in real estate or whatever. If you really want to get into syndications and the only thing you have is your 401k, then I would definitely recommend the EQRP or solo 401k because those those get you around the UBIT. And I would say it's better to have some real estate than none. So I would still be okay knowing that I'm going to miss out on a depreciation, some of the other tax benefits, but at least I don't have the UBIT in the solo 401k. So you would say, you know, definitely transition it to an EQRP, uh, you know, if we have a 401k or something like that. Uh, so we have that checkbook control, but maybe use it for something other than syndications like hard money or something like that. Yeah. And th- there's actually syndications you can do that are just lending, that are just debt. So I would find some of those or the, I, I run a couple of local real estate meetups and there's plenty of flippers and buy and hold people who I learned, uh, you know, once I get to you where I know, like, and trust you, then then I can loan money to you. So I, I do that in just individual loans to uh, to people as well, and I do all of that through my uh, through my retirement accounts because there's no there's no tax benefit to to doing it elsewhere. Uh, give us a couple of details on how you document something like that, so you're just handling that capital properly. Well, that, that's you know the the first time I did it, I just took the other guy's wording and uh, just signed the document. It was somebody I trusted, so I did. I don't have any regrets. 
but I just didn't want to spend lawyer fees. But now on the new deal I did also with somebody that I trust very much, I decided I need to either, I need, I need to get real documents that, that are vetted by my attorney. So either I pay for them, or in this case, I, I asked the lender or the guy I was lending the money to, I said, part of this deal is you're going to have to pay for my attorney to, to do the documents. And he was fine with that. But even if he said no, I would have spent the few hundred dollars it takes to have someone go through and, and check the documents. I didn't do that for the first few deals, but it's money well spent. I haven't had any problems, but I, w- I will always spend the couple hundred dollars that I've avoided all this time to get the right documents. All right. So changing gears just a little bit, Jim, you know, since you're helping many other investors now, you know, just open their eyes to the syndication business. And how would you say, uh, or what's the hardest part of teaching them what the syndication business is? Uh, you know, how do you expose them to that and, and share great things about this model? Yeah, that's a great, great question. You know, I have a couple of different groups. One is, is the beginner group. And there are people who are friends or, or even a couple of former advising clients who've always told me, hey, you know, I hear you're in real estate. I'd love to get into real estate. They just might not have the capital to do a deal on their own. So with that group, we're just starting from scratch, educating all the way through. And we actually, in that group, through a company called TribeVest, where we invest our money together, we just invested in our first in our first deal, our first syndication. There's 11 people in the group. None of them had ever done one before. We walked through it step by step. We talked to some different syndicators through, you know, Zoom has been a blessing in that in that sense. So we just went step by step and educated people on crowdfunding, syndications, the tax structure and, and everything and, and went through the process. Then there's another group of people that are interested and know about syndications, but you know, might be able to invest on their own because they have a little bit more capital. That, that group is, is kind of a little more advanced group. So um, we kind of just talk to each other. And, and I thought I would have all this knowledge to give and share with people. But I find that even when I'm talking to someone brand new, I learn something every single time. So the act of sharing my, you know, what I call my syndication knowledge or experience or whatever you want to call it, it's just been given back to me tenfold by talking to people that that, that have a different perspective or don't really know about syndications. And I learn something every time. So I'm, I'm really surprised that that happened and, and grateful for it. You know, Jim, before we started recording, you had mentioned, you know, just like helping others and, and yourself just understand like real assets producing actual income versus paper speculation. Uh, and I just wondering if you would highlight on that a little bit and let's dive in there for a minute. Yeah, certainly. I, I mean, I was a financial advisor. You know, we were always, in, you're in the stock market or other products and it was always these paper products that, you know, at some point you're going to find somebody else to sell them to so you can make money. Now, there are some that, you know, you can collect dividends off of some stocks. So there is that. But I, I'm a strong believer now in acquiring assets that provide you cash flow because then you'll never have to worry about, you know, you can quit your W 2 when you get enough, you can have retirement, all of this stuff because these assets produce this cash flow. Well, also, if you're patient and on the back end, they also produce appreciation. But I never factor that into when I'm investing. I always think, okay, I'm just looking for the cash flow because this is what I'm, you know, this is how I'm paying for my lifestyle, my family, and all that stuff. So I want assets that produce regular cash flow. That's my main focus. Now, there may be a time when there's some, you know, I'm focusing on appreciation a little bit, but my main focus is I want an asset that's going to produce cash. That's, that's everything I'm doing right now is focused on that. What about how you start to vet an operator? Or let's just talk about the operator a little bit. I feel like the operator comes first before the deal. How do you and your and your group look at an operator and determine, okay, this is somebody, you know, we can trust that we want to move forward with? 
Yeah, absolutely. The operator is the most important thing. And as you know, I, I interviewed you as an operator a few months ago, and we haven't been able to get in a deal yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the time that we do. But the, the operator is, is the, main, the main thing for me. And we've developed through some of the books we've read and, and just talking to each other, we've developed, I don't know if it's a questionnaire, but just things to ask the, the operator when you interview them. And normally the interview lasts a half hour, maybe it'll go on for an hour. And usually most of those questions are answered by the, the sponsor saying, here's kind of how we operate. And then my thing is I just start asking the questions that they haven't answered and kind of get them into a dialogue and, and that's how I vet them. Now, you can never know for sure. So I also ask for referrals and other, you know, who do you know that I know? So you can kind of get the trust because the bottom line is when you invest in one of these deals, it's the, it's the least liquid investment you'll probably ever make because there's no getting out of it. The syndicators complete control. You put your 25 or 50 grand in there and now you just hope for the best. And you won't know if it's a good deal for three to five years, right? You'll see along the way, okay, are they paying when they say they're going to pay? Are they sending reports like they say they're going to send? So you can tell a little bit, but you're stuck in it. So vetting the operator is the absolutely most important thing. And our questionnaire, I think, does, does a pretty good job of it. Anything about the deal that you know you're looking for? I mean, what's your, or what's your favorite type of asset class or, you know, or, or business model? Okay. Yeah, like for, for most people are doing multifamily, mobile homes, self-storage, right? Those are the three big ones. And those are the ones I'm in also, mostly multifamily. I also have a company that I do triple net industrial leaseback, which is basically they, they buy the property from the property owner of an industrial place and they, they lease it back to them. So I, I really like those deals. But we have, we developed a spreadsheet again from our book reading and, and other things that at least for the multifamily, we haven't really gotten there on, on the other asset classes very well yet, but it has the top 20 metrics that we look at for each deal. And so we plug in the information from the deal sponsor they, they give us, and we just see, and this basically, the spreadsheet turns green if it hits the metric, red if it doesn't. And red doesn't mean don't invest. Red means ask a question. Like if someone's saying the IRR is 25%, that's awesome but it's also going to turn red on our spreadsheet because that is higher than I would expect. So ask the question, how do you, why is your IRR so high? It's the same if they send me one with a 5% IRR. Why is your IRR so low? So this is, we're just starting out with this, but this analyzer, the deal metrics, it won't necessarily tell me is one deal better than the next. It basically just says this deal hits most of the metrics and I've asked the questions I need to ask, and I'm comfortable investing in it. And so we've used it over the last, I don't know, two months. And it's just helped give some confidence because in the past, to be honest, and, and I've talked to other syndicators who are the same, they don't really have a way to analyze a deal because you, or the passives don't. You as a syndicator of the deal, you do all the underwriting and you dig into it. Well, I, I don't want to do that much depth. I want to have a screen where I can look at it and say, I found an operator I trust. I know he's got good deals. Now, how does this deal fit? Boom, 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 makes all the metrics. All right, let's let's go forward. That's kind of my approach. You really got to screen the operator and then the deal is just, is it in the ballpark? 
For sure. I know. I think the operator definitely comes first. Couldn't agree with you more. I like how, I love that sheet that you're talking about, though. I feel like for a passive investor, especially if they're newer to investing, uh, especially out, you know, into real estate or into syndications, that's going to give them just a great place to develop more questions while they're interviewing an operator or talking about how they do deals and things like that. That's, that's awesome. Jim, what's been the hardest part of this just syndication journey for you as a passive investor? I think kind of finding my focus was was part of it. Single family, multifamily, flipping, syndications that weren't quite right. So now I've, I've found a focus and I've found, I found a group of people who are also interested in, in learning and growing together. So, you know, there'll, there'll be other things that are difficult, but so far I, I'm, I find that I'm really passionate about real estate and, and it took me a while to figure out, okay, where, where's the best fit for me at my stage? I don't want to be managing you know, syndications or flipping houses. I want to get a small group of syndicators that I know, like, and trust, and then just roll with them for the next 10 years. That's my goal. How do you want to hear operators preparing for a downturn? So if you ask them, Mr. Operator, how are you prepared for a potential downturn? What do you want to hear that operator say? You know, that that's a really, that's a really good question. I think what I want to hear them say is, you know, we have, we've built in redundancies into our models. And mostly, I mean, a lot of syndicators now are trying to, it's almost like flipping, right? You're trying to get out of the deal in 18 months, three months, three years, trying to refinance or sell the deal to the next, the next guy. So with that being the model that most people are after, I would want to know, does this deal cash flow? And if you can't sell it, and if you can't refinance it, will the deal still be good? And if so, then you're fine, and and I think that's that's the key is if you are underwriting and investing for cash flow rather than for appreciation, then during the downturn it doesn't really matter if your the value of your property drops because you're still getting the income. Now your income will drop a little bit as well, right? Because tenants might not be able to afford as much and all that. But the key is that you're still going to be above break even occupancy if you've done the right underwriting. So that's I look at break even occupancy and just to make sure that they have a plan anticipating the downturn. If they say, oh, no, everything's going to be fine forever. Well, then, you know, I'm done talking to them and I'm not investing in their deal. So I don't have to really analyze it. It's just, if, you, if, you, if you're talking with the right people, that question, it can come up, but I'm going to have confidence that they're going to answer it in the right way. So Jim, I believe anyone that's successful in business has, has a high level of self-discipline. How did you gain a high level of self-discipline? Oh, wow. Well, you know, like I said, I was the shine, chasing shiny objects, right? I think a lot of people in real estate have that. And what has really allowed me to focus, I think, is trying to help others and trying to build a community so that other people hold me accountable. You know, now if I do a deal that uh, just doesn't feel right, I have people to talk to. And in the past, I would have been like, ah, uh, it just doesn't feel right, but I have this money. I got to invest it. I might as well just do it. Well, now I have a group to talk to and that can kind of steer me and, and help me maybe avoid some of those just leaps that I maybe shouldn't make. What are a couple of daily habits that you have that, that you're disciplined about that have helped you achieve success? I think it's just, you know, there's a lot of deals coming across my desk nowadays. So I try to look at a couple of deals every day and, and kind of put them through the analyzer. And just, I just try to maintain focus on what I'm doing. Cause now I work for myself, you know, I could take a week off and no one would miss me. 
So I got I have to stay focused on every day getting up and doing those tasks to make sure that I'm driving my business forward, that I'm taking the cash that I'm earning from these investments and figuring it out how to put it into the next one. So I don't know that I have specific daily tasks that drive me forward. I just have a goal. And that goal is right now I'm using a lot of different syndicators. I'm testing out a lot of different people. And in two to three years, my hope is to have three to five syndicators that instead of just putting in the minimum, I can put in larger amounts and have more freedom of time, right? That's the whole purpose that people are working for themselves or being a passive investor for freedom of time. So that's what I want. So now everything I do day to day is geared towards how do I get to my goal in two to three years of being able to be a passive investor who works a couple days a week rather than five days a week. You know, I, I still will be interested in it. I'll still be doing it because I like it and because you know, I'm building wealth for my family, but I want to be to the point where I don't have to be sitting in my office every day. And that's kind of every task drives me towards that. Now, I love that plan as a passive investor. I've heard numerous of our, our passive investors kind of go through that same process. Maybe they invested the minimum on a first deal or two with us a couple of years ago, but then now, you know, they'll invest a lot more. And, you know, I've heard that same thing. They want to spend less time managing all that, right? Now that they've done a lot of vetting in different ways. But so, Jim, what's a way that you've recently improved your business that we could apply to our business? That's a good question. I think the, the thing I've been doing lately is using Upwork to find VAs, virtual assistants, to handle things that I'm, that I'm not good at, right? So I just, you know, we're starting a, a website for left field investors. We needed logos. Five, 10 years ago, I would have sat down and tried to figure out how to do WordPress. And, and I, I used to do that actually every once in a while. If I needed a website, I'd try to do it myself. And right now I'm, I'm paying someone else to do it. And, and there are affordable, high quality people that you can get through uh, Upwork or Fiverr that can do these things for you. So you got to spend money on things that aren't your strengths so you can focus on what you're passionate about. And that's that's kind of how I've really improved my business because I'm not getting down into the details on that. I'm Someone else is spending their time on that and I'm just paying them for it. What's your best source for meeting new investors? I think it's just referral-based. I have this, uh, you know, we started this a meetup in Columbus, Ohio that, that we got, you know, it started from four people to 12 people. And now, I mean, pre-COVID, we had 60 to 80 people come to our meetings. Out of that, I, I that was more for people that were flipping and buying and hold. That's what I wanted to do then. And so I kind of spun left field investors off of that. People I met there that were interested in syndications and passive investing, I said, hey, you want to come along? And pretty soon when you build kind of a quality group of people that are like-minded individuals, they talk to a buddy, they talk to a buddy, and pretty soon that group grows. Now, we're just starting out, so I have no idea what we're going to do, how, what it's going to look like, or how big we're going to get, or how big we want to get. But right now, we're slowly adding a couple of people here and there who are interested like we are, and then we're just going to go with it and, and see what it turns out to be. That's the same thing I did with my last group that, you know, like I said, we have over 500 people on our email list now, so it just kept growing. That's kind of my approach to this is I don't have everything figured out, but I'm just going to keep plowing forward. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I would say the willingness to take chances and go against convention and building a network of people that, you know, like I said, no like and trust. That's one of the big mantras of, of this business. And, and that's key to me. And then learning from people with more experience than I have but also being open to learning from people with less experience. And that's where I think I've really grown over the last couple of months. I started a couple of these groups thinking, 
hey, none of these other people have much experience in passive investing. So I'm going to be sharing all my knowledge. And what happened was I shared all my knowledge and I got a bunch back. And I and and so that's really, really helped me a lot is people are told, hey, get a job, put money in your 401k, retire, right? Well, there's other ways to do things. If you get into real estate early enough, you could retire and just have passive income coming for the rest of your life. And so I'm really passionate about that. And so I think going against Wall Street convention is one of the main things that, that's contributed to my, my success of late is just to break out of the financial advisor world and dive into this where I can, I can do what I want, make the money I want, and have real assets, again, producing real cash flow. Jim, how do you like to give back? That's again, what we've talked about is, you know, the thing I'm doing mostly is, is trying to build a community that, that helps bring others along and, and educates and exposes people to alternate investments. You know, they call them alternative investments. It drives me crazy. It's the house you live in, the, the apartment you rent, the self-storage facility you put your stuff in. How is that alternative? I don't know, but it is. And so helping others build wealth with real assets, helping people learn how to invest in syndications and then investing alongside of them or just helping them get started on their own. That's what I'm passionate about. And that's, you know, the couple of groups I'm, I've started. That's why I want to grow those and, and expose more people to this. Because as soon as they learn about it and they think, oh, wow, this isn't that hard. You know, I can do it on my own. So that's, that's what I want to do. Build a community that helps others get exposed to these kind of things. Jim, I'm grateful for your time today. I mean, you've been, it's been a great show. I mean, you've covered, I mean, just how you got into the business by accident. Uh, you mentioned, you know, in doing some self-managing, which you hated and had some shiny object syndrome, which I'm sure we're all guilty of at one time or another. Uh, but you found syndications and you started educating yourself, you know, and then, you know, even uh, educating us on how you've used, uh, you know, your IRA or the EQRP and some of those tools to be able to invest with your 401k and even outside of, you know, a syndication specific. Specifically, or is the tax, the loss of the tax advantages, just grateful for your time. And then just how you vet an operator or, or look at a deal and, and the questions to ask. Thank you again. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn about your community. The best way is by email at jim at leftfieldinvestors.com. And uh, you can also go to our website, but it is all it says is coming soon. So by the time this airs, hopefully we'll have we'll have some content on there. But as of now, the best way is just that email, Jim at leftfieldinvestors.com. Awesome. That's a wrap, Jim. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.